couple of years down the road, uh, things are well. They're they're kind of like they are right now, which is very different from how life has really been to this point. Yeah, a couple of years down the road, uh, people are still practicing social distancing. Um, not as not as like intense. It's not as like locked down. You know what I mean? Okay. As some places are right now. Um, sure. But um, things are just kind of starting to recover, and life is kind of getting back to normal. You're starting to see, like, you know, retail establishments open up again. Uh, the economy starts to rebound. Um, <clears throat> you know, people are starting to perform art and, like, music in live settings again. Cool. So it's just kind of like everything's breaking, and the whole country is kind of coming out of this cocoon. You know, and you uh, have been a busy boy. A busy boy? Yeah. You wrote a book during the quarantine called Love in the Time of Coronavirus. Oh, my God. (laughs) Colon. How I fucked my way to safety. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> so <laughs> the book. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they allow that title? It's so bad. I don't know. You. Been to a bookstore? Like, there's a lot of bad titles out there. I think it's pretty love good. In, it's so bad. <laughs> love in the time of coronavirus. The first part of it was, was bad enough, Colon, and then the second part... <laughs> how I just, fucked my way to safety. It's just disgusting. So basically, the book is a story about how, during the coronavirus, you, uh, you know, you were just like... Uh, feeling very introspective and wanting to really connect with people because you had been without, you know, contact for so long and you reached a breaking point and said, fuck it. And you started hooking up with some chicks. Wow. You know, and then it just turned into a thing where you're like, look, Pat doesn't have coronavirus. He takes care of me sexually and your name gets around, dude. Gross. Yeah. All right. So this is just—it's just your—it's a—it's a—it's a book full of your tawdry tales, and it does gangbusters. <clears throat> it gets published, and I'm not going to say it's like Fifty Shades of Grey or anything like that, but it kind of like it takes off. It's a number one oh, New York God. Times bestseller. <laughs> it's an erotic thriller. Oh, I mean, it's it's more fact than fiction. <laughs> it's like a it's like a biographical thing, you know. But it's just oh filled with your tawdry tales. So I'm just telling tales at at a school about yeah. How so, you, I mean, that how is you, how you were like while the whole city, while the whole country was locked down, you were sneaking around just fucking. Man, that does not sound like something that I well would write about. The thing about it is that there's a moral to it all. Yeah, there's a moral to it that it's like, you know, deep down at our core, we're human beings and we crave connection 
And sometimes you just have to listen to Mother Nature and everything will be all right. God. Okay. Love so in the time of coronavirus. How I fucked my way to safety by Pat Dean. <clears throat> you know, I read that Love in the Time of Cholera book and I was not impressed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hear mixed reviews. So after the quarantine wears off, you know, <clears throat> and uh, this book sort of comes out. How long does it take for the for the virus to kind of get under control? Uh, about six months. Okay. And then, like, but it's, it's taking the country a long time to recover, you know, because the hospitals are overwhelmed, you know, supply chains are overwhelmed. The country's like two years in is just now kind of like really feeling back to where it should be. So <clears throat> this book, like it's a whirlwind, right? You put this book out, you're getting calls left and right. People want you to do book signings. <clears throat> you know, you're, uh, you, do you're, I do the book signings? Well, that's the thing. You start like this thing kind of comes out of nowhere. Like it, it starts taking off, and it was like a self-published thing, right? That you did yourself because nobody believed in you, and <laughs> it, it starts blowing up. And now you've got like people just like you know reps and managers like wanting to like talk to you to represent you. <clears throat> but since it's come out, you agreed to do a, a a book signing at this little bookstore in Austin called uh the best little bookstore in austin and <clears throat> it's a terrible name yeah, it's not good so now like things have kind of changed like this book has taken off and there's like clearly a demand <clears throat> sorry there's clearly a demand for you know your presence and people want Pat Dean to come, you know, maybe do a reading. Could you imagine that? Oh my God. The man himself, the fucker himself. <laughs> Wait, they call me that? In the, in the book, you refer to yourself as the fucker. Oh, why? Oh my God. Why? I don't know. Like, just, like, like that's an alter ego? Or yeah, kind of, you know, capital it's a sex P, craze. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> just a horny Pat Dean. Oh, God. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> you show up to, you know, like people's houses wearing like, uh, you know, turtlenecks and you got our leather gloves in the book. You just like talk about the fucker personality, you know? Uh, yeah. My persona. Yeah. My, f my fucker <clears throat> persona. Yeah. The fucker. So you agreed to do one book signing before this whole thing like really took off. Look, little bookstore. You know the best little bookstore in Austin. It's um <clears throat> a small little place. They've got a little area. You could, you know, put maybe fifty people in there, and <clears throat> it's it's like one of the first um sort of public speaking events in Austin after this ban gets lifted, you know. So there's a lot of buzz about it. 
you um the day before you're you're scheduled to to go speak there you get a phone call from uh, the manager <clears throat> the manager of what of the best uh best little bookstore in austin she was just calling oh, okay. you to confirm you know she's like hey uh, we've got you scheduled to come in tomorrow uh from two to four uh she's like look i know things have kind of changed pretty quickly and you know we're a small little indie bookstore um so i, I really appreciate you still coming out and sure like you feel like friendly with this woman you know what i mean like you've you struck up a conversation with her over email just kind of talking about coming in and signing for the book and uh you know you just like had pleasant conversations with her Okay. So the next day, you get there at like one thirty, right? There's a line out the fucking door. People are waiting to get in to see you, to talk to wow. you, to have you sign their books. That's wild. <clears throat> so you go inside. There's kind of a buzz in the bookstore. Uh, you walk in and a woman walks up to you <clears throat> about five and a half feet tall. Yeah. Chestnut brown hair falls just past her shoulders. <laughs> Bright green eyes. Yeah. She's got some freckles. Enough that you notice them at first and you go, huh, that's kind of cute. And she uh, she reaches her hand out. She goes, Pat. I'm. She goes, I'm. I'm Erica. We've been talking. You know, I'm the one who set this whole thing up. She's like, it's so nice to finally meet you. Hey, nice to meet you as well, Erica. She extends a hand, and you're like, oh, sorry. And you kind of like fist bump each other instead. You know, just kind of. Like, oh, sure. You know, because the yeah yeah yeah. You know. So she's like, COVID nineteen. Well, yeah, for sure, baby. She goes, well, we've got a uh, <laughs> we've got a, a table set up over here. She walks you over to the table. There's a bunch of copies of your books, a bunch of Sharpies and stuff. Um, <clears throat> so the signing lasts for like two hours. She's like, at the end, if you if you feel up to it, would you want to read something from it? I'd love to. You say that. You say it. You look at her in the eyes and you go, I'd love to. That's weird. She blushes. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> she goes, well, we're going to start letting oh, people shit. in to form a line here in a little bit. She goes, if you want to have a seat, she goes, can I get you something to drink? You want a coffee, soda, water? Coffee, uh, coffee black <clears throat> and a bottle of water would be great. She was great. Honestly, probably like two bottles of water, if you don't mind. She was sure thing. I'll, I'll bring him right over. Thanks so much. So she comes back a couple minutes later with your coffee, your water. You see people start to like file in and form a line. I take take a long sip of coffee. Yeah. It's good. You can feel it like traveling through your body. You know, it's just hot. Yeah. You can just track it as it moves throughout your being. <laughs> when right. you can no longer feel it, you think to yourself, it's inside of me. I'm ready to go. Ah. So you sit down at the table. <clears throat> Two o'clock comes. 
one by one people come through they're uh you know they, a lot of them like have a copy of the book already uh, that you'll sign they'll get a picture with you and like cool. a lot of people just take like you know 30 seconds to a minute to just kind of say hey you know I, I like your stuff you know whatever uh some people are like really into it and like recounting like things you've done in the book that they've done in their real life since like like wow. you're an inspiration to them sexually <laughs> so um yeah it's like, I'm, it's like a, I was, <laughs> I'm influential sexually absolutely wow <clears throat> yeah you know just kind of who could have seen that coming well there's a lot you can see coming if you read love in the time of coronavirus how i fucked my way to safety so you're having like this is like your first experience at this. Like you've done public performance and stuff, but this is a little different. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So people are just kind of hanging out. You're signing books. You get through uh, like most of the line. You've just got like a handful of people left, and you're like, it doesn't sound like it would be very exhausting, but it is kind of tiring. Just like doing that for for a couple of hours. Just yeah, like, I bet my I bet my wrist hurts. Yeah, you're signing a lot. You know, you're you're talking to a lot of people, uh, but it feels good. You're like it is like a you feel like a real sense of like reward. Like yeah, this all those yeah, like, this long is amazing. Hours, like holy shit, this is crazy. I mean, I mean, think about go- going to a signing and having no one show up. Yeah, this is so much better than that. Yeah. Like yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. So you're um you're there at the table, right? Signing books. It's almost four o'clock. A lot of people have gathered. They're gonna wait on you to to read an excerpt. The line gets shorter and shorter. Last guy in line steps up. <clears throat> He goes, "Hey man, really loved your book." I you know what? I would take because he's the literally last person. I think I would take 5 minutes to just talk to him. He's waited the longest out yeah. of anyone. So, I'll talk for as long as you want to talk, bud. Yeah. So you like look up to say that to him. You see uh you see his dark stonewashed jeans. He's got on a maroon shirt, a proud maroon, the color of blood that's been spilled on a battlefield, slick leather jacket. And he goes, thanks for taking the rest of your time to talk to me. No problem, man. My name's Mickey, Mickey Less. And he sticks a big hand out at you, and it's a big fucking hand, dude. I go, my name, uh, my name's Patrick, and I shake his hand. <laughs> you, you shake his hand, and for just a moment, when you grasp his hand, you think, "Oh no," you know, because you're not really supposed to shake hands anymore. And when you shake oh, his hand, fuck, you yeah. think that for just a moment, and you think that for just a split second, and then the next thing you know, you feel like. 
you feel like you're nine years old again. Yeah. You have this feeling of uh, of being pushed on a swing at a local park, at a playground, you know? Wow. When you were like a kid. And you have this feeling of like looking up into the sky and that pit that forms in, in your stomach as you sort of descend back from the peak of the swing. And you see like the clouds sort of quickly rush away from you as your perspective changes. Wow. And it kind of shocks you for just a second. Where am I? You're at a you're at a park at like a, a grade school where you grew up. Oh, uh, Kelly Park. Or? You're at Kelly Park, being pushed on the swings. Yeah, hell yeah. I, I uh, we used to play there as a kids, yeah. and then as teenagers, we used to smoke uh, pot there. Yeah, you have this like when you're just a child, you look over. You're on the swings. You're just feeling like inertia in the yeah. in your core, you know. And you look over with just a big fucking smile on your face. And you see a bunch of kids walk behind like a shed. And for Jeez. a split second, it's just like a kid. You go, you think to yourself, "Why are they on these rides?" Yeah. And then you come to, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And you uh, you shake that guy's Mickey's hand. Good lord. And uh, he's like a. Uh, He's like, yeah, man, I, I really liked your book. He goes, good work out there. And he kind of winks at you, and you feel completely calm. Thank you. You, um, you look over, and uh, the, the manager, she's like, hey, uh, are you about ready? And you're like, yeah, give me just one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, I'm going to finish talking to Mickey here. And uh, she just smiles at you, and you smile back. And Mickey looks at you, and he goes, oh, <laughs> He goes, man, I oh, should have no. brought a mask, a welder's what? mask, because sparks are flying. And he goes, you and her, geez, Louise. He goes, I haven't that felt tension like that. That sucked so bad. Was he planning on saying that or was it just a no, he's thing like, that? He's like, I'm, I'm the son of welders. Yeah. His parents were notorious welders. He talked about it a lot. Mickey did. So yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah. He goes, you know, yeah. He goes, I, I could, I could really see it. He goes, I actually, I've been coming to this bookstore for years. Yeah. He's like, I, he's like, I know her. Really? Yeah. He's like, look, I. He goes, I have a bit of a gift. He goes, uh, I do this from time to time. You're really nice. You know, she's really nice. I've known her a long time. He goes, I could. Because I could put in a word for you if you want. You're trying to hook us up? He's like, he kind of like strokes his chin. He goes, yeah, I think I am. He goes, what do you say? Let's fucking do it, dude. Let's fucking do it. He goes, great. Uh, He goes, hey, I think you got a reading to attend. I'm sick of not being set up, you know? He winks, pats you on the arm. You feel totally calm. Wow. You walk up to the table. There's people like seated. There's like a whole like little area with chairs. People okay. give you a round of applause. Uh, you stand up in front of them. You speak about the book for a second. You go, uh, when the coronavirus broke out in early 2020, we were all scared. 
and we're told to stay in our homes and to avoid physical contact. You put on a pair of glasses, and you go, like, like reading glasses, and you go, but that's not who we are. We're not Whoa. built that way. We're not wired that way. We have passions, hungers, urges, cravings, all of them eventually need to be fulfilled. Gross. He goes, and that's what this book's about. Love in the time of coronavirus. How I fucked my way to safety. By Pat Dean. <laughs> <clears throat> and then you start you start reading uh you start reading a story about like one of your hookup stories, you know? Yeah. It's about you and uh a woman whose hand you touched at a grocery store reaching for a can of soup when there was like hardly any soup left you each like reached out and touched it at the same time and you know sometimes in a grocery store like you get that static there was a literal spark when your fingers touched and you each went ooh <laughs> yeah and in the story you're like uh, she looked at me over the empty aisle. <laughs> she says, did you feel that spark? And I said, I sure as hell did. She bit her lip hard and said to me, well, uh, if I've got this thing, you've probably got it already. What do you say we get out of here? And we left our baskets in the aisle and then I left my boxers at her place. <laughs> Winky face. And you look out in the crowd and people are just like, people are blushing. People are like waving their face. <laughs> Wait, because they're so turned on by my are, story. People are biting their fucking lips. Oh, no. <laughs> One lady literally slips out of a chair. It's bananas. Oh, dude. Aaron. And you, you look <laughs> in the back. You see Mickey and the manager standing there and you see Mickey like turn and he like whispers something to her and she just turns beet red. Wow. And he like motions up at you. She tucks her hair behind her ear and looks you in the eyes. So you do this reading. Everybody's all horned up. You get ready to leave. You uh, pack up your stuff and you get ready to say goodbye. And she's like, hey, thank you so so much for coming and doing this today she goes this is like really gonna help us pay our bills frankly you know this is this was cool. really really great she's like anytime you're around town if you ever have like an event or anything you want to do just she's like uh just give me a call and she gives you her card it's got her phone number on it she's like or whatever you know okay as you're standing there uh mickey walks up and he's like, he pats you on the back and he goes, man, that was great. And he looks at her and he goes, right? And she just fucking blushes, smiles, coyly hides her face. <laughs> oh, gosh. God. And, uh, and Mickey goes, he goes, oh, hey, you know, uh, he goes, you know who would probably be able to help you? He, he's talking to her. He's like, he goes, Pat would probably be able to help you. Because there's... Uh, 
he's like he turns to you he goes look she's got a little bit of like a there's like a cat problem at her place you know there's like a a feral cat roaming around um and he's like he's like in one of your stories you know you talked about being a bit of a cat whisperer because uh you you went to this lady's house she had like seven cats and she's like normally they're so mean to everybody but they love you (laughs) did this actually happen yeah and in the story you talk about banging this lady and all of her cats were just like on the bed like crawling all around you you were just covered in cats oh shit and that didn't stop you fuck ah it's a pretty it's a pretty tawdry tale i would say i'd I'd call it a paudry tale (laughs) because of all the cats yeah dude i get it so mickey he's like yeah you're like a cat whisperer he goes you should you should see if you can get this cat all right, let's do it. So she's like, seriously, you'd be willing to help? 100%. And she goes, okay. Um, she's like, I, the store closes at 8 tonight. Uh, she goes, here. And she takes her card back. She writes her address down. And uh, she's like, 8.30, 8.45, could you be there? Yep. Mickey, like, wings at you. And she's like, awesome. She goes, thank you so much. So you pack your shit up, you walk out, and Mickey goes, listen, she told me, <laughs> she said that there's a cat, like a feral cat, running around her neighborhood, just need you to find it, need you to, to, to get rid of it, take it somewhere else, she goes, and do it humanely, you know? He goes, after that, the rest is up to you, and he winks. Wow. 8.30 comes, you get in your car, you drive to the address, 1324 Supple Lane. <laughs> Supple Lane? Yeah. It's how, a, b- how big is it? The house? No, that road. Oh, it's not a big road. not a big road it's big in the right places all right so you drive out there it's like a little bit like it's not like downtown downtown but it's back a little bit so you get out there you uh pull up to to her address shut your car off you go knock on the front door she opens it and she goes hey patch thank you uh so much for coming she goes, yeah, so uh, basically there's like this like feral cat running around out here uh, at night. And like, she goes, I have chickens and they just go crazy. She's like, it would really help if you could just see if you can catch it and get it get rid of it. She gives you a flashlight. She goes, it's usually, she goes, usually you'll see it at night over by this creek. There's like a little creek area by her house. You go out there. Absolutely. You go out there. Turn the flashlight on. Kind of like uh, sweeping the area, looking for the cat. Yeah. She has her hand on your shoulder. 
You're like looking back and forth. You see movement in the brush. You point the flashlight at it. And she goes, there it is. And it's like, it's like a bobcat. It's not like a normal, like, house cat. It's like big and like a wild cat. She goes, that's him. I know it is. He's got blood on his mouth. Wow. There's feathers on the ground. She goes, I bet he got another one of my chickens. Son of a bitch. She goes, can you get him out of here? Yes. So what do you do? Do I have a weapon? You have the flashlight. Hmm. But you're like a cat whisperer. I guess I start to slowly walk towards it with my hands up. Mm-hmm. One hand up in a non non-threatening manner. The other with a flashlight straight ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I walk towards it and I just kind of coo at it. What do you what do you mean coo at it? I go Hoo, hoo. Hey. <laughs> hey buddy. Hey. Coo coo coo. Buddy. <laughs> so you start You're baby okay. talking. <laughs> yeah. You're baby talking this like bobcat. And you see that yes. it kind of like perks up and it looks at you. Cool. Licks its mouth. It takes a couple of steps towards you. Cool. You like get down on one knee, extend a palm out. Yeah. It walks up to you and sniffs your hand. And then just starts like rubbing all over your body. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. You hear her behind you just go, yay. And she starts like clapping, you know? (laughs) Yeah. What do you do with it? Um, I guess I'll probably ask her, what should we do next? So you like bring it over to her. Yeah. Right. And the cat just senses the bond between the two of you. And he like starts to sniff her, like rubs up against her leg too. Cool. And the two of you kind of look at each other and she's like, well, uh, what to do next? She goes, uh, I got something in mind. What is it? So you guys walk up to her front porch. The bobcat walks up behind you. You guys get ready to walk inside. You turn and you go, stay here. And the bobcat just kind of goes, and then like lays down on her porch. Yeah. Starts licking its paws. Okay. She takes you inside for the ride of your life, brother. Oh, my God. You guys make sweet, sweet love for what seems like hours. Oh, jeez. Just tantric, tantric sex. You're in touch with your every fiber of your being. How do I know tantric sex? You picked up a lot over the quarantine, dude. You did some some studying up because you're like, look, if I'm going to fuck during this quarantine, I'm going to have to like make it like last. I I need to make this like as long and drawn out as possible. So you guys make love for, like I said, what seems like hours. You lay there on the bed in the afterglow. And she goes, I've been waiting for somebody like you my whole life. Wow. You fall asleep there. And you never really go home again. What? You, yeah. You start staying there a lot. You eventually, uh, you guys start dating. 
Uh, you move in together, right? You just pretty much like move into her place. Uh, you keep writing books. She uh, goes back to school. She becomes a biologist. It was always her dream. You inspired her to do that. The two of you together are a force to be reckoned with. Wow. You're together for like three years. You, her, and the bobcat. The bobcat like basically becomes like your pet. You know? Yeah. Uh, and it's very protective. It's very, uh, you know, loyal. Good pet. You guys were dating for about, I don't know, I'd say three years. You were uh, you came home one Saturday from the market. You just bought a new barbecue grill. You got these big fucking steaks you're gonna throw on the grill. You're like first barbecue of the season, first time yeah. barbecuing at this place. You're excited. It's a beautiful sunny summer day. You're sitting outside. You light yeah. the grill. You crack a cold beer. Your beloved comes out as well. She's got a plate with meat on it and like stuff to wow. throw on the grill. You guys are uh, getting ready to put it on. The piping hot, great. You un like unwrap the meat. You had it like marinating. You grab the steak and you raise it up and you go, here's to a great life. And you get ready to drop the steak on the grill and the bobcat comes out of nowhere and it just mauls your face off. <laughs> it was it was so hungry for meat. It had been so good for years, but something just snapped inside of it and the animal part of its brain took over and it just Why? mauls it just mauls you. I don't know, it's a wild Why? animal. It's a wild animal, Pat. It mauls you, it mauls her, it mauls the bottle of mauls barbecue oh, sauce. There's barbecue no. sauce everywhere. Oh no! <laughs> and the bobcat just gets really freaked out and has a moment of sheer regret where it realizes what it's done, how it's turned its back on the only people who've really loved him, and he runs away just covered in barbecue sauce. So there's a bobcat covered in barbecue sauce and blood just running through this subdivision. People a remorse, are terrified. A remorseful bobcat. <laughs> a remorseful bobcat. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys fucking die. Hold on. So it knew what it did was wrong, is what you're saying? Yeah, immediately. <laughs> As soon, as soon as it did what it did, it came oh, out of its fuck. blind rage, it realized that it turned its back on the people that loved it and then uh, ran away, just covered that, in their blood and a bottle that, of Maul's barbecue sauce. That is one haunted bobcat. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> you guys are fucking dead. That sucks. Yeah. yeah I. Uh, you guys knock the grill over. Ah, fuck. The charcoals catch the deck on fire. That spreads the house. What? Just, everything is ash. Nobody knows you guys are gone. All right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>